You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Well, what's going on, West Side Church? It's an honor to be with you guys today and, and to be together with you in this way. You know, this, I, I believe this is our first time, our first yeah. time with you guys mm-hmm. and, and with your region. Uh, but we are excited and we feel so grateful and honored to be here, even though we're being broadcast um, on uh, on your TV, in your living room, your TV room or or any room. You got a screen in in your house, uh, you know, and, and you're in your houses. But the Bible says wherever the believers are, the Lord is also. And so your house is not just your house. It is the house of the Lord this morning. And, and to Steve and Carrie Lounsbury, who thought of me and my wife to speak for the West Side. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we are so grateful to share again with your church here. And, and Steve and Carrie are incredible leaders, yeah. uh, heroes even throughout mm-hmm. the Los Angeles church. And, and it's a privilege for my wife and I to know yeah. them. And uh, it's a fortunate thing for them to be in the West Side region. Mm-hmm. And so shout out to Steve. Shout out to Carrie. Uh, text them some love. Text them some encouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope you have, especially during this time, mm-hmm. uh, as they've uh, been working hard to keep the church moving forward yeah. uh, during this time. And, and again, my name is Amir. And together, this is my wife here, Jewel. And uh, we serve the church in the Antelope Valley region of Southern California. Uh, we've been here in the Antelope Valley for five years. Yeah. Uh, we've been married for four years. And uh, going on five years, and we have a two-year-old son. So that's a little bit about us there. And and uh, I'm here today in a good mood. Uh, I'm in a good mood today. And it's always a good thing when the preacher is in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm in good spirits today. But the past weeks, man, have have just fractured my heart in, in a lot of different ways and in different pieces, obviously, with the whole COVID-19 going on. But uh, I've been hit hard by the injustice uh, that has been happening in our world and that we're all aware of. And I felt angry. I felt upset. I felt bothered. Uh, suspicious. I felt skeptical. I felt lost, confused, uh, just a host of different things. And and I've been feeling that way because as as, as black people, uh, all of us, we've either been or we know someone who has been on the brink of becoming uh, the next victim of all of this. Yeah, um, I know that I have felt um, worried. I know we've been in this pandemic now and been in, you know, shelter in place for the last six to seven months. So that's already, you know, a lot. And I have a a toddler. So that is definitely even more than I thought about. And especially with with everything that's going on within the black community, um, I know that I felt uh, anxious, really anxious, really saddened by all of the things that are going on and taking place in our world today. And you know, but despite all those things, the really great things is that God is still faithful. Amen. God is still God. And, you know, yep. Mary and I have had the opportunity to just really focus on taking one day at a time and really just um, leaning on God. And so despite all of the challenges that's going on in our world today, and I honestly, I'm just really grateful for who had, who God has been in this time for us. Yeah. So it's been challenging. It's been challenging and it's been tough. Uh, I believe it's been tough all around, I think, yeah. for everybody. But mm-hmm. Uh, I'm reminded that, and my wife is reminded, we're talking about this, that we have to be loyal to God in spite of how our anger or our frustration or uh, just feeling tired of all of this 
could justify our response. Right. You know, we got to be loyal to God, whether or not things in this life are fair. Mm-hmm. And that's challenging and that's hard. But we got to remember that we have to exercise the fruits of the spirit during right. this time. And mm-hmm. and that's what Jesus, I believe, is calling us to, amongst other things. And, and, and speaking of the spirit, I feel the spirit of the Lord alive in me. I really do today being with you guys. Is, mm-hmm. and, and me and my wife, we have a job to do. All right. And that's to <laughs> preach the word of God. And that's what we plan on doing today. We're going to preach it. We're going to bring it. We're ready to do it. And by the grace of God, we've been called to do it. All right. The title of the lesson this morning is Don't Miss the Mission. All right. That's what we're talking about today. Don't miss the mission. Go ahead and text somebody, maybe someone you would be sitting next to in church if we had done this thing in person. All right. Text them. Hey, don't miss the mission. All capital letters. Don't miss the mission. We can't miss out on it. We got to be about it. We got to be aware of it and we have to be on top of it. And yeah. and in order to do all that, we have to know what the mission is. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's start there. The question is, is what is the mission of the church? Mm-hmm. What are we here for? What are we supposed to be doing? Right, I don't know about you, but for so long, my answer to that question has been outreach and evangelism. Mm-hmm. All right, it's to make God known, to baptize, to seek and to save and make disciples out of everyone and everybody. Yeah. All right, I don't know about you, but I said evangelism is the sole mission of the church. And that's on period. All right, <laughs> don't debate me. Don't change it. Don't try it. Don't get it twisted or turn around backwards. Our sole purpose and mission of the church is to grow the church. Mm-hmm. And that's what I used to say all the time. And, and, and we used to shout on that. And I think we still do shout on that. We, we amen to that. We excel at that in growing the church. And we get excited about that. And, and there's a widespread belief uh, today amongst our, our, our churches and I think amongst Christians that the sole point and the sole mission of this whole church thing is to evangelize our neighborhoods, our communities, right. and to go abroad and to evangelize the world on these missions trips. Mm-hmm. All right. And we, we, we think that way. But I think if it's true to say that, if it's true to say that this whole mission that we have is all about evangelism, then it would be also true to say if the mission of Jesus was to focus just on outreach, then the ministry of Jesus failed the mission of Jesus. And church, we we, got to understand that there's more to the mission than just to bring your neighbor to church day. (laughs) All right. It's more than, hey, join us on Sunday. It's more than, hey, when are you free to get into this Bible study? All right. It can't just be those things because that's not all and everything that Jesus did. And I don't want you to hear me wrong here, church. I don't want you to think, oh, man, he's he, this is something new. Is he changing doctrine? I don't want you to think that. I'm not saying evangelism needs to stop. Yeah. All right? I'm not saying that at all. That's got to keep going. We need to keep that up and we got to spread the word mm-hmm. because that's one of the most Jesus things that we could ever do. What I'm saying is that the mission is not just exclusive to evangelism. There's balance and there's more to it than just that and I'm not pulling that from nowhere. All right, this is Bible, right? In in God's word in Luke 4:17, let's read this together. The scripture says the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, being Jesus. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, "The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me." In other words, this is the point and purpose of my ministry. This is what I've been anointed for. That's This is what I've been called for. This is what I've been commissioned to do. And that is to proclaim good news to the poor, 
to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. Not only that, but I'm called to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And if at all and anywhere, the Bible was to bring up the mission statement of the ministry of Jesus. I believe this would be it. This is the beginning of his ministry. This is the start of it, the jump of it. This is Jesus fresh out the desert, fresh out the wilderness. He goes straight to the church house, the the temple, right, the synagogue. And he says, hey, this is what I'm here for. This is why I'm here. And this is what my ministry is all about. This is what I'm all about. In church, this it would do us some good. And it would give us some direction to notice what is written in this passage. All right. If you're into underlining or highlighting or marking up or tattooing scripture on your body, uh, well, you got to do whatever you got to do to remember what you need to remember. Right. Even if it means adding some ink on your skin. I don't know. <laughs> right. But this has got to be made note of mm-hmm. because this is some can't afford to miss it material right. that we're looking at here. Jesus, he's saying, hey, I'm here for the poor. I'm here for the prisoner, the blind, the exploited and the oppressed, a.k.a. I'm an advocate, right? And this is spiritually speaking. Sure, it definitely is, but it's not just spiritually. It's got to be socially as well because Jesus, he promoted the prosperity of the whole man. Mm-hmm. He didn't focus just on one aspect. And the point is advocating for justice was on the agenda of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an afterthought. Yeah. It wasn't a second thought. It wasn't a reservation. It was where he put his attention. And this had some priority among the affairs of his ministry. Because you don't have to look very far in the Gospels to see that this is something Jesus emphasized through his example. He lived with, he ate with, and he loved the ostracized. He, he respected the immoral who were social outcasts at the time. He loved the lepers who were social outcasts as well. He, he resisted the sexism of his day and, and he refused the racism of his culture. Not only that, but his strongest and most startling teachings were reserved for the way we should relate and treat those who suffer under social injustice. Right. In church, a fair look through through his ministry. If you were to survey it, you would see that Jesus was obligated to the well-being of the oppressed. Right. And when I think about that word obligated, it makes me think of the definition and It means to be compelled towards or to be committed as security. Mm. And when I think about the oppressed or the outcast or or the the ones who were under scrutiny or racism, it makes me think that Jesus wanted to make sure that those people felt safe and that they felt secure. He was absolutely committed to it. It wasn't a question. It wasn't something that he cast to the side. It was something that was on his radar completely and fully. And when I think about those individuals, it wasn't just, you know, any random people it was everybody everybody was included and jesus was with that he had that attitude heart and soul and that's one thing i really appreciated about his ministry yes in assisting i love everything jules sharing because assisting the advancement of of the fellow man that was a staple routine right and it was a central uh, a central part of the ministry of jesus and his interactions with the ostracized through Mm -hmm. scripture That's one of the most distinguishing qualities of what he did. Right. I mean, how many times do you hear it that that Jesus was so different Mm. from the different uh, 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 gods and and lords at this time and kings and rulers? Why? Because his work with 
and interactions with people of low social and economic status. Right. All right. And, and more than that, this was so crucial. Right. This was so vital, pivotal and essential uh, to Jesus that he made it a measure of our eternity. Wow. All right. We're going to look at a famous scripture. Uh, uh, many of you guys know that. Know the scripture that we're about to look at. And, and you might want to take a deep breath. Right. <laughs> this is a heavy passage. All right, this is Matthew 25 and, and verse 41, and, and this is what the Bible says. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me they also will answer lord when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you he will reply truly i tell you whatever you did not do for one of the least of these you did not do for me then they will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. Mm. Church, have you ever approached a situation thinking that it was going to go better than it actually did? You know, it's like, yo, like, it's just scrambled eggs. How bad can these things turn <laughs> out? And in your first bite got a crunch to it because eggshell got all into no. the, the mix of the thing. And that was me right, yep, right before quarantine. And I haven't scrambled eggs since. But uh, what I'm saying is we all have these situations where we're like, and there's no way that this is going to go south because of A, B, and C. But that's not always how it goes. And that's the context of this scripture where the believers were, they were like, oh, we're good. We, we made it through the gates for sure. But the words they hear from Jesus here suggest failure, yeah. shortcoming, and, and a rejection with no way of recovery. And that's the fate Jesus is saying that all of us, have the potential to experience. Wow. And the one who is safe from all this and safe from this scripture is the one who listens to the gist of this passage. And the point here is when we fail the marginalized, we fail the mission. Mm. When we fail to serve the mistreated, when we fail to assist the alienated, and when we fail to help the strangers, the oppressed, we fail the mission of God. And I just feel like we have a duty to God and to God's people. Mm. Um, when I think about what kind of uh, legacy I want to leave behind or when I think about what I want people to remember me for or not even me, what do I want people when I come in contact with them to remember about God and what I want them to encounter. And it just makes me think like, I want to make a difference. I want to have an opportunity to leave an imprint on our mind. And it just makes me think of this scripture that's in John 14, verse 12. And the Bible reads there, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater than these because mm -hmm. I am going to the father. And I love how Jesus says like, number one, very truly. So this is for sure. This is not something that is just so happens or is kind of going to he says no this is this is something you can count on mm -hmm. and I love how he says who in me 
will do the works I have been doing. Mm. So it's not something that's new. You know, this whole social injustice and things going on with the marginalized or people being mistreated or the injustices of this world, this is not new. You know, the Samaritans had things going on with the Jews and all types of issues going on inside the first century church. And this Mm. is not something that Jesus just brings up all of a sudden. This is something that he's been doing. And I love how he encourages us, he inspires us, and he spurs us on. And lets us know that back then when he did all those crazy, amazing things, that we can do even greater things with our time Mm. and with the efforts that we have now. Mm. Yeah, man. And that's powerful. I love that scripture you share. And what catches me from that is we'll do even greater things Mm. than these. And it just makes me think, what, what if we're in the midst of one of these greater things that Jesus wants us to do right now with this advocation for justice and Man, it just catches my attention. And and uh, and, and church, if we're going to be faithful to the mission, the social well-being of mankind has to be the subject of our attention. Right. And that conclusion is directly drawn from this passage and the others. And and as genuine disciples of Jesus, we got to understand that we have to seek to promote a community that does not neglect, ignore or disregard the needs of the poor, the powerless, oppressed in the ostracized. Mm-hmm. We got to remember that. And if we're going to be loyal to the mission of God, we have to be involved in bettering the lives of those around us. Right. Because furthering social justice is a part of our faithfulness. Mm-hmm. We fall out of good faith when we look the other way. Right. We, when we fail to get involved, when we fail to advocate for, for the needs of others and the afflicted mm-hmm. in our communities. You know, Matthew 25, this passage we just read, it's it's a tough teaching. It's it's strong. It's a strong teaching, but it's not an all of a sudden teaching. Right. It's not. a Oh, yeah. Before I go, let me let me throw this in and let let me put this in here. No, there's some context to this passage in Matthew. And that's from the book of Isaiah. And this is where Jesus is drawing from. Mm -hmm. And we're going to close out with this passage here. Isaiah 58 in verse two, the Bible says for day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. And exploit all of your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is that the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast in a day acceptable to the Lord? And here's where it shifts. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? And, and, and the gist of what's going on here in this passage is this. The people in this group. You know, they seem to have their commitment to God going on. They seem to have everything together. Right. right? They're lifting his name in worship. 
the tithing, right, like they should be. They're sacrificing, they're praying, they're even fasting. The Bible says they're eager to know God. And it's telling us that they're on their way and they're committed to being morally right. And they're humbling themselves under the commands of God. But trouble is filling their lives and and, and confusion is, is filling their lives, I should say. And the trouble, and this leads them to God in prayer to say, hey, Yo, yo, God, we, we know you've seen our fast. We know you've seen our worship. Why are you not answering us? And God's response is essentially because you missed it. Wow. You missed the mission. In another place in Isaiah, God, he says to these people, he says, your sacrifice is repulsive. Your assemblies are worthless. Wow. I can't bear to look at you when you pray, I'm not listening. When you fast, I'm not working. You are not the delight of my heart. Why? Because you have not done what I've called you to do. And he tells us this in verse six. That's to cut the chains of injustice, to undo the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free. In church, in, in summary, this passage is saying that your spiritual routine is empty. It doesn't mean anything to God without engaging in social relief. Mm. According to this passage and these scriptures that we're looking at this morning, a committed believer with no involvement in the promotion of justice is displeasing to God. It doesn't matter how many souls we save. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses we know. It doesn't matter in this scripture how eager we are to know God more. It doesn't matter how many times in our our day we're praying or how our attendance has been. This scripture is saying if we miss justice, we miss the mission. And we miss the heart of God. And church, I hope, you know, I I don't know how you're feeling in response to that. I know for me, this hit me hard, but I'm I'm glad that I came to realize that the mission is more than what I used to think it was. I'm so encouraged that God had, had, you know, this time is crazy. It's unprecedented. It's a lot of chaos. But amongst other things, I'm grateful that God has got my attention, because if I'm honest, I missed it. In my explanation to people about what the mission of God was, I missed this part of it mm. and how the mission is. And when we think of of, of, of what we're here for, we got to balance the evangelism with justice, according to what right. we're looking at today. And so, church, my final words to you are the words that that we began with this morning. That's don't miss it. Mm. Don't miss the mission. Today, we've seen that. There's a certain heart that we have to have as believers. And there's a a heart that our church has to possess in relation to the ostracized and those who are afflicted in our world today. And so now my encouragement to you is to pinpoint how you can get involved and what you can do within your community in, in the west side of L.A. Right. I mean, pray about it. Discuss it. Discuss it as a small group. Discuss it as a church group. You know, start something, get involved in something that will help you accomplish the mission of God. And with that said, 
You know, amen, church. Thank you so much for allowing myself and, and my wife here to share with you today. And in our final uh, word of encouragement to you is to have a blessed week. Thank you so much. To God be the glory. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.